Hey, it's Brian. Welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. I'm going to tell you about our sponsor real quick, Two Foot Parade Records. Um, They are an independent record label based in Kalamazoo, Michigan, um, whose mission is to invest in artists without requiring them to give any partial ownership of their work. Um, So, woke as shit. I dig it. Um, They have two new releases currently. um, Worry Club's Volume 1 mixtape and Nest Lake's Low Light Cassette are both available for purchase on their website, um, twofootparade.com. They are currently accepting submissions from bands on their website, um, and all their social medias can be found at at twofootparade. So that's twofootparade.com and at twofootparade. Um, And Gabe, who runs it, is just really cool. Um, I've met him, goes to shows, involved in the scene. You know, they're really cool. Um, The only time I met Gabe, we fucked around quite a bit with Pat Ray. So I don't know if you even remember Gabe, but we had a good time and I could tell that if I was to work with Two Foot Parade Records, there'd be a really good artist to label um, communication. So that's all I'm going to say for now. Um, Check them out and enjoy the episode. And welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. This is Brian Porter, your host. Um, On this episode, we had Wasted Space from Buffalo, New York. I think Buffalo. Sorry if I got that wrong, but New York, I think I'm pretty sure I'm right about that at least. Um, had a good old time, had a lot of, uh, a lot of, we made fun of a lot of movie posters on this episode. This is a really silly goose episode. Um, you're going to want to have your phone next to you with Google images ready to go so that you can search the things we were looking at and hopefully it's it's as entertaining as I think it's going to be for you because it was really entertaining for us. Um, but anyways, I'm just going to keep it short. Um, we had a really good time weaving in and out of like smart, intelligent conversation and utter tomfoolery. So hopefully you're into that sort of thing. And this was a discord episode for, so I apologize for the audio quality being a little bit lower than in-person episodes. Um, and yeah, follow the podcast on Spotify, um, rate a review on iTunes, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, wherever you get it, do whatever you can to share it. And, um, let us know what you think. We really do read those, and I love getting new ones, and feels good. Follow us on Twitter at ITNPod, on Instagram at Invite the Neighbors, and uh, tell your friends about the show if you like it. And hit us up. Give us your suggestions. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Enjoy the episode, guys. Yeah. Ooh. Just like that. Talk it's a fun little flash. voice. Yeah, I know. That, that's a, it is a fun little voice. You can leave it at that. That's Craig. Craig is a is a podcast all star on this uh, on this podcast. Said podcast well, you know, many times. It's funny. I'm uh, I'm starting my own podcast, my D and D podcast involving some DIY folk, and uh, oh, I do I do plan yeah. to use Craig. <laughs> you, just, you just hit up Benny's uh, interests so hard. You know yeah, well, well, my, my serotonin just spiked hearing that. <laughs> well, let me let me tell you, uh, it, because you might be involved in it, possibly, if you'd like. Uh, the premise is the D&D campaign is incredibly difficult, and oh, characters will die, and when they die, the player is off the show. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> incredibly hard. It's like, that's the campaign Curse of Strahd anyways, which I've dealt with. So. Right, but I'm homebrewing it, so I get to be a special asshole. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. 
See, I'm very I, excited about it. Boyfrienders is going to be coming through with the heat. Yeah. Yeah. Matt. Yeah, you'll have to represent Rennes both, Benny, because I uh, I have never dungeoned or dragoned. Actually, that's not true. I have dragoned in Skyrim, but I have never dungeoned <laughs> in Dragon. Uh, well, a, a large number of our players are new, so I'm very excited to not know what's going on, slaughter their characters, and then kick them off the podcast. Sounds like <laughs> a great way to, to promote. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna be artist. hopping in. I'm just gonna be hopping in with the tiefling rogue ready to whoop ass. Oh Thank yeah. You. Oh yeah. We we almost had four rogues in our in our initial party. That sounds like <laughs> a nightmare. It would have been real bad. I had to intervene. <laughs> Dude, my current campaign that I play with a few of my friends over Discord, we've been playing this campaign probably for like three years now. Originally, it was a party of rogues, and we had one session, like, we had a session zero like that, and our DM, Trevor, was just like, hey, guys, you guys, can we do a little, like, character shuffling here? Because Yeah. Th- this is literally dumb as hell. It, it's <laughs> it, untenable. <laughs> that's a word that hasn't been used on this podcast before. Very, very good. Untenable. Thank you. <laughs> I'm an English major. I plan on using it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Where uh, where are you from, by the way? So, okay, uh, this is a good conversation because I just moved back to my parents' house because the semester's over. But um, I am nice. from New York, just outside of the city, uh, suburbs, traditional pop-punk shit. And yeah. uh, oh, fuck I, I just, uh, this fall, moved out to Pittsburgh uh, to go to college at the University of Pittsburgh. So I my band is based in Pittsburgh and I am not from there and we're trying to record a second album and I am not there. <laughs> it's, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> were we the ones that we were talking about hockey and on the Twitter DMs? Right, yeah, we, we spoke about uh, hockey and that's how we got here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. See, like, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge hockey nerd. I won't go into it too much, but I was just wondering. Like, I heard Pittsburgh, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked hockey. That was and, back yeah. in the day. And as a player, that was, yeah, that was a while I would ago. myself from this conversation. Right, yeah, you have to, because I, I don't like the Penguins, but I do like the Islanders, so still fuck you for being a Flyers fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I deserve it. I'm, I'm used to it at this point. I have some fucking basketball takes that i've heard people give me shit for so oh i i i don't even want to begin to like enter the world of basketball it's a truly alien field to me oh (laughs) and the best thing i've ever done and i'm gonna ask you a question also that i should ask more often but what is your name i forgot (laughs) (laughs) my name is mikey from wasted space mikey okay yep that's right that's me. That's what I do. I should have remembering. I should have changed my my stupid fucking nickname <laughs> in the Discord, <laughs> but I never got around to it again. What is it? Base of oh, dumpster bassist. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's been my username ever since I made an Instagram account two years ago. <laughs> oh, that's cute. So, what I sent Benny. Because this this podcast is a really professional operation. Usually, the way we do it is like day of the episode. I'll look at my calendar, be like, okay, that's who we got today, and then I'll text Benny 
and let them know like, Hey, we have this band. And then I'll tell them that like, this is a group brief description, but sometimes I'll come up with my own description based on like listening, but sometimes the band does a really good job themselves. And yours was something about, can you, maybe you can remember something about saves the day and right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one not, not so closeted anymore. Uh, one, uh, one bisexual non-binary kids, uh, take on saves the day and Wes Anderson movies in music form. <laughs> that's good. I love Wes Anderson because I'm, that's what I kind of wanted to get into is let's call it a segue, but I love color palettes. I'm big into palettry, if you will. I don't know if that's a word, but way Wes Anderson uses like all the like the like very specific like each scene is a different specific palette. And yeah, I was just curious, like what what about like Wes Anderson's work? Do you feel is uh do you what what you know do you owe to your own musical stuff? Like what what of Wes Anderson's do you feel like contributes? So I, I think, wow, this is a fucking good question. <laughs> I think, Hell yeah, uh, get used to it. Get used to it. <laughs> I think um, a lot of the, uh, like the, the offbeat dialogue and like quirky humor feeds into my, just my personality a lot. Where like, I'll say something that's like, I'll just, a, just a little strange or I'll have like a weird pause and I, it just feels like, you know, oh, this is like a thing that Wes Anderson would deliberately do in a movie to make a character more complex or interesting. But for me, it's just me being stupid. So <laughs> the things that feed my music are my own idiocy and also like this just constant sense of I'm doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, but it works out because it's like, I don't know, pleasantly dissonant. And I think that, that oh, okay. that's sort of the 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 thing that i take away from his his films in my work okay that's interesting do you feel like musically uh do you like maintain do you like to maintain like strong themes like from whether it's like from record to record i know you don't have much released right now you have like that like three song ep and a single that i saw on spotify but do you... we, we have the one album and then um we have a couple song- singles floating around but uh, other than that okay. not really um but yeah thematically like i was just curious like if there's anything that ties them together or if it's like each song is it's like its own thing or what's funny is when i was making the record because i i did the first record solo and then i kind of looped some bandmates into the fold once i got to college and um when i was doing the first record it was sort of this constant quest on my end to make it thematically work like (laughs) i kept trying to work with all these like disparate song ideas that i had and it just would not come together in a way that I liked. So I just kind of did it and made an album of 10 completely unconnected songs and just kind of put it out. And then I sort of like retroactively gave it a meaning and then didn't really tell anyone about it. And people have sort of drawn their own conclusions. And I think that's nice and really what art should be for. So no, I guess there's not really a good recurring theme, but I would like there to be but also I wouldn't because it's more fun when other people get to make their own themes for my work and it it's more fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, I definitely understand that. I think like I, for, I mean, I, relating to my own music, um, that's 
kind of sounds like what I do, to be honest. Like I, I write it all. And sometimes like I've gotten lucky where like a theme will emerge where I didn't intend there to be one, but I just realized like, Oh, there's like, there's lyrics in, in this song that tie into the lyrics in this song. I didn't really mean to do that. So it's not like impressive <laughs> or anything like that. I wasn't trying yeah. to, but someone might listen to this album as a whole and think I was trying to do that. And I'm not going to lie to them. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin <laughs> that for them by saying I didn't mean to. So I'm just going to let them think that I'm this artistic, uh, you know, not genius, but you know, I'm this like art artist guy who like thought ahead and like, you know, I want these themes, but to be honest, like it just, it just kind of happened organically. But I yeah, think crazy how the first word to come to your mind when you were like, Oh, people, I don't, people might describe me as an artistic blank was genius. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going by experience. I, I, I would you have gone I mean? for Wunderkind personally just because i think it's a little more fun yeah (laughs) it's funny i just heard that word yesterday and i was just like wow that was word that was a word that was it's a good one anytime you can shoehorn german into a sentence i think you should yeah (laughs) oh yeah wunderkind (laughs) but but yeah i mean just like kind of back to your point though like i um i think that like oftentimes when you're trying and i found this to be my experience too like when you try to force a theme you could actually you you might actually get more of a theme by not trying and just writing about what naturally comes up or and and then looking back on it being like oh like there was naturally a theme here because it was all written by me and i was going through only the things that I was going through and that's the theme, you know, had I like yeah. tried, had I looked back and tried to say like, Oh, well, I'm going to write about this particular thing. I might've been like clouding um, or restricting myself. And uh, that's my excuse for being lazy and not, or my rationalization for being lazy and not trying to write to a theme from the get go. And I will always be able to do that. I will always be able to rationalize doing less work and making it sound like that. It was the better choice artistically. And that's, that's key. <sighs> yeah. I, I, I really relate to like the idea of just um, like, I, I really like the idea of like what I'm going through at the time is the theme. Cause I think ultimately like, that's what I would say if somebody made me, like if somebody put a gun to my head and was like, what's the theme of your first record? I'd be like, well, I don't know. I was going through a lot of shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you have to point to like a lyrical, if you have to point to a lyrical device, I'd say cigarettes. I think that's that's a pretty solid fallback. <laughs> it's a good, I, it's I, a good three syllable word. I, I love <laughs> the uh, lyrical themes from each specific artist on this podcast right now: cigarettes, religion, and HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, tell. HBO Max is is a, a theme and a half in and of itself. Like it's it's got some some staying power. I watched all of the show Entourage when quarantine first started happening, and I'm in the middle. Oh, I'm almost at the end of The Sopranos now, and I'm just like, man, Ooh. I could write I could write three albums about this. <laughs> yeah, I um I'm like halfway through a rewatch of Game of Thrones, uh, <laughs> and um. I also watched a bunch of Doctor Who, which is uh, strangely on HBO Max for whatever reason. 
So I've been sort of reliving my middle school days via HBO, and I think it's fantastic. God, Doctor Who, if like Boyfrienders album three is going to be about Entourage, The Sopranos, The Animaniacs, and Doctor Who, which is the Animaniacs over the course of this fucking quarantine. (laughs) Yeah, The Animaniacs, the reboot or not reboot, the continuation just went up on Hulu like three days ago and I marathoned the entire thing because that's one of my, I love like 90s animation. So of course when that came back, I was like, oh, I'm on top of this shit. I'm watching this all in one day. And I was like, well, not surprised. It was amazing. Yeah, I still have to check it out, but I heard, I've heard from pretty much everyone who's watched it that it's fantastic and worth my time. (laughs) <laughs> they reference they reference Twin Peaks in the first episode, and I was like, "Okay, I'm on board. I'm sold. I'm sold. That's all you had to say." <laughs> I was uh, That's all you had to say. I'm trying to think, of HBO Max. Like, I just watched True Detective the first season. Mm, good oh, show. And yeah, I heard it's so good. It is. I mean, well, I heard correction, the, correction. Was... First season is yeah, really yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what i've heard i i'm going to just i'm just gonna walk away from it i finished the first season i'm gonna walk away i'm not gonna dive into it um beyond that because i'm not gonna you know i i trust the people who have told me not to watch anymore so i'm just gonna not um but holy fuck dude to think like oh like mcconaughey when he did that like he was coming off of like this hiatus where he was only doing rom-com. So he, he just like stopped altogether taking those jobs and we just waited for like a year and a half until something came along. And I think true detective was one of the first things that came along and yeah. holy shit, what a turnaround dude. His acting is amazing and it's well recognized he, as amazing in that. I think he did that Dallas buyers club and harmony Corinne's the beach bomb within like the same two year span. And it's all just yeah. like, Oh, he is great, and he is still great, dude. Yeah, fucking do as much rom coms as you want. Like, collect that paycheck. <laughs> the rom coms, the rom coms. I will say, I have seen one or two of them. <laughs> They're not great. It's nope. so it's so <laughs> funny. Like <laughs> watching all of these like prestigious actors just be in these awful rom coms. Like, fucking, uh, my roommate and I talk about this one all the time. There's one that Michael Douglas was in, like sixty year old Michael Douglas. Fuck, I think it's what's called, it like, called? I, I I'm struggling to remember right now, and I'm so bummed because the DVD cover is hilarious. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna look it up. I'm looking it up right now. Sorry for derailing this, Brian. I know you no. probably have things to say, but you Benny, know me. I'm qu- I'm, I'm a so quiet, happy. I'm a quiet you, non-binary. You're, you're spreading your wings right now, and I, I got really it. like it. I got it. Uh, Is it? And so it goes. Yeah. Oh my god. Because <laughs> like, I got it. <laughs> like the facial expression that he's making on that cover, it looks like he just faced the blunt by himself. <laughs> Yeah, no, he just fully just, like, he looks like he just, like, he he was the fifth person on set of the uh, Prince Daddy music video. Uh, for, for, I, I forgot to take my meds today. And it shows. Hang on, let me put the picture in chat so we can all. <laughs> oh, yes, please, please. 
Oh my god, where is it? I gotta find it now. Dude, 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. Gotta love it. Oh, that's a good... That's 18%? A good 18%? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's for like, context's sake... That's like that's, shitty horror movie status. Yeah, for context's sake, I think that is one point above Cats. The new Cats? Only only one point yeah. above Cats? That That is not promising. <laughs> also, Ooh. by the way, watching the new Cats actually in theaters was the most crazy fucking movie theater experience of my whole goddamn life. I can't even imagine. There 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 it is in chat by the way. I cannot even imagine what it was like. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my look at god, fucking, people. Look at that. When you release this, you're going to have to release it like with a picture. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say that's going to be the thumbnail for the episode. Yeah, you guys you guys need to look up and so it goes. And you'll see. It'll show up. Just Google image search and so it goes. Holy fuck, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's so weird. Like, they have the two photos, too. There's one on top where he just looks stoned as shit. And then the bottom, like, (laughs) they're just having, like, this little, like, this, like, martini dinner, you know? That's that's him still stoned, trying not to panic on the date. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my uh, god, that's awesome! What's even funnier about it that I didn't pick up on the first time, but he looks photoshopped in, and the hand is not the woman's hand. <laughs> like, oh like the hand god. on his shoulder is not the woman's hand, and he is not in that photo. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that the "and so it goes" uh, movie poster has such a fandom behind it. Because my roommate <laughs> was the one who told me about it, and she was like, "Have you have you seen this before?" And I was like, "No." And she showed me, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm I'm gonna take a minute just to tweet this movie poster out with no content. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tr- oh, trust me, my friend, I am doing the exact same. That's awesome! <laughs> Holy shit! I, uh, oh my lord! That, for a second, because there was I was never aware two. of this. There, there were two posters. For a second, I was wondering if you wanted the slightly more normal one, where he's making a slightly different facial expression. No. <laughs> I realized that <laughs> it was not nearly as funny. So. You know, what's like the, one of the funniest parts to me is that, like, and this is always so funny to me. Like, whenever I see like a funny picture, or, like a commercial, even I'll be like, there was people in a room looking over probably like a hundred different samples of what to use. And that was what they decided to use as the poster. Like, yeah. Well, what, what I, what my little headcanon that I'm sort of coming towards is that uh, out of the 100 takes of this photo that they took, they got no good ones of Michael Douglas. So right. they made him come back <laughs> afterward and take a picture of just him. And they were like, Mike, please, just give us a smile. You know what? Here, take a hit of the blunt. Relax. Just give us a smile. And Dude, this is what he came up with. Yeah, even... they definitely like put him in in post because they couldn't yeah. get a good one. You can <laughs> tell. You can kind of tell that, dude. She definitely just put her hand on like, on like a coat rack or some shit. And then they superimposed <laughs> Michael Douglas into it. Holy shit. Well, my, 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 my theory is that 
she didn't put her hand on anything at all. He was never in the photo. <laughs> right. Her oh, hand that's is not just even like her floating. hand. That's not even her hand. That's, that's like not a, her hand. Like the that's like, like Kathy in makeup. That's her hand. And yeah, that's they the just whoever was her. around. That's like that's like the director's hand. That's like <laughs> wow. That's, that's like the intern's hand. That's not even the director's hand. That that's like they called over like fucking Casey, who's like a student filmmaker, and they're like, "Hey, listen, yeah. bro, could you just like put your hand here for a sec?" Yeah. Holy shit. That's <laughs> we should do. Oh my god. See now, this is just like so Patreon worthy. Like to do more episodes where like we veer off the path even more and just do like deep dives into random bullshit. Like this is the type of, this is giving me ideas, like just like movie poster episodes. And Oh, oh God, cause there's be so fantastic. many like Nick, you ever seen the movie poster for, uh, the Nick cage movie about nine 11, where he plays a firefighter. Excuse me. Wait, 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 back the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, you can't just say the sentence. Nick Cage's 9-11 movie where he plays a firefight. You show me the poster. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm, guys, you're gonna have to I, I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, people wait, listening. Brian, oh, it's called talking World about, Trade Center. Yeah, I'll get there. You're talking about World Trade Center. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Okay, now people listening, you have to look up World Trade Center too, because this is like I need you to follow along at home here because this is so This is important. So fuck- oh my just, lord. It's a true story of courage and survival. Glorifies <laughs> <laughs> that which best. Mustache for a second. I know. <laughs> oh my god! And that there's four the people, most... and they're all looking a different direction. I. It's like, why would they use that picture of him? The mustache is uneven. It is straight up like one half has a hook, and the other half doesn't. What I like to think is um, they they let him shave it himself like he insisted. He was like, I'll be in the movie, but you have to let me shave my own mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to think that also, it's the same guy from, it's the same character from Leaving Las Vegas, but then he just like cleaned <laughs> up and became a firefighter. For sure. Or, or even better, <laughs> even better, the same character from Wild at Heart. But yeah, like, dude. <laughs> in, instead of but like instead of going to prison, he like agreed to be a <laughs> How is uh Leaving Las Vegas, by the way? I've always wanted to watch that movie. It's incredible. It's it's it's, only, it's acting at its finest. The only thing I know about it is that uh Richard Lewis of Curb Your Enthusiasm fame, which is one of my favorite TV shows of all time, is on it. Really? I didn't know that because I've never seen Leaving Las Vegas, so I'm going to have to check it out. God. Yeah, it's... I, you know, a lot of Cage's movies just blur into one big conglomeration for me. Like, I'm not one of those people, like, who loves Nick Cage. I kind of can't stand him. Uh, But my friends actually started... I gotta give him a shout-out. My buddy Nick um, and some of his... Yeah, no. But some of him and his roommates when he was going to Wayne State, uh, Wayne Law, they started a Nick Cage appreciation night at uh, <laughs> called Cage Ooh. Fest, at, and they had it every year at the in Hamtramck. It used to be at the Planet Ant Theater, and then they started doing it somewhere else. But they've done it like seven years now in a row. Um, this is the first year they didn't because of COVID. But like, they there was like 
hundreds of people would come to this and they would like they, they would show four k or two cage movies they would play one movie and they didn't have an intermission where people would like come up and read poems about cage or like do songs or like spoken word <laughs> and then yeah. they would sh- show another movie about cage and people pause. would like dress in business attire and shit pause yes if i write a song about nick cage can i play cage <laughs> Yeah, I, I could, I could, I could literally probably book you in Cage Fest. I could give you that, but you don't need to. It's like I an open cry. mic. It's like oh, an open great. mic type thing. Yeah, yeah. You just have. It's like they like anybody. They say like if anybody has anything prepared, you know, and you can go up there and just do your God, thing. Yeah. And everyone's drunk. I've never gone to one. My friends all go except for me because I like I said I just don't get it. I mean I get it, but I just am not about it. All right, you know, well, listen, have you ever seen The Wicker Man? I mean, oh. I've seen the parts, the bees or whatever. Right, uh, but have you seen the, the whole bees. film? Because if you no, haven't I, seen the I whole haven't. film, you can't appreciate Nick Cage. It okay. is about an hour and a half of just the worst acting I think I've ever seen on screen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all Nick Cage. It's so good. <laughs> It, it's just him being his purest form. <laughs> and that's all you could ever want. See, I I love, like, almost, like, the ridiculous movies are something, obviously, but my, the thing that fascinates me most about Cage and the things that I kind of like the most are the movies where it's more subdued and, like, it's it's almost it's almost hidden well enough to where it's like a mainstream success, like Con Air. Like the movie Con Air is so stupid and ridiculous, but it's still Cage. But it's like Cage to a point where it's like he's getting over on everyone and actually achieving mainstream success with it. Uh, where people don't realize that it's like completely over the top. And yeah, that's, that's fascinating. You you know what I mean? Like that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I I totally understand, and I think that you're onto something. I like the films where Nick Cage is pretending to be a real person for like a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> like, and, and I've come to the realization that there is no way that Nick Cage is a normal human. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's it's the same with Tommy Wiseau. It's a reptilian shapeshifter. Yeah, like like he's gotta like, be normal. Humans do not behave that way. Yeah, like he he's got to be just as weird in his free time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but Nick Cage, beautiful. I movie. give him an excuse. He was in Face Off, which is one of the best movies ever made. True. So, That's fact. I want to take his face off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now just backtracking to the World Trade Center poster for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we just uh can we shout out Michael Pena's face? <laughs> just yeah, all, I mean, the, it looks all so the glorious serious. work that it's doing. <laughs> He's just yeah. so I've never seen him this serious. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, look at and the thing is, they're all looking in a different direction too. Right? Yeah, <laughs> because how how dare they look in the same? Actually, you know what? That woman all the way in the back, why is she so tiny? And why is she almost looking in the same direction as Nick Cage? Not quite, but almost. (laughs) Yeah, it's, (laughs) I don't know where she is, like, in the, um, in context. Like, I don't know if they're all in the same room, you know? Also, it's like their giant heads are towering above the buildings, too. 
Like they're like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Nick Cage is a kaiju can. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, 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 I'm noticing now, uh, if you look at the angle of their heads, uh, Nick Cage, Michael Pena, and Blonde Woman number one are all facing the same direction with their heads turned roughly at the same angle. However, Brunette Woman number one, all the way in the back, is facing a totally different direction and looking straight ahead. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Who stages these? God, and people say that these people aren't artists. God, yeah, I love I, it. This is art. See, the thing is with Cage, like, I think one of my theories for why he's so over the top is because in his real life, he's so over the fucking top that, like, how do you top, like, buying a T-Rex skull? You know what I mean? Like, if that's your <laughs> normal life, then, like, imagine, like, the lengths you need to go on screen to try and you know, make it not less interesting than your own real life. Does that make sense? Like you have to really go for, sure. for it. Yeah, you gotta really to like Yeah. Yeah. I, so I think I, um my, my favorite like mental image is David Lynch and Nick Cage in the same room. Just in general. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just <laughs> thinking about that, like imagine being there. Like imagine being like the makeup artist and David Lynch comes backstage and is like Nicholas, <laughs> and he just starts talking about like the fucking wildest shit. Oh my yeah, god! But I when you when it. you think about it, Nicholas Cage is like the perfect actor for David Lynch. Oh yeah, we're like oh, a David. Yeah. Like how was how was Nicholas Cage not in Twin Peaks: The Return? I feel like he should have been almost. Like I feel like they should have cast him just for like just one of the Black to- Lodge spirits. Or, or yeah, even better, or, have him have him be like like Harry Truman's son, <laughs> <laughs> or like Agent Cooper goes into the red room, but when he comes out as Evil Cooper, it's just Cage all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh becoming, my becoming Evil God. Cooper turns you into Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. But yeah, so you have a band also, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I sometimes I play music when I'm not talking about Nick Cage and David Lynch. Although my band sings about David Lynch a, a lot. That's the thing that we oh, do. Oh, fuck yeah. That's dope. Uh, like, we we I, have a song, we have a song called Siggy Break, which is entirely about a time that I went outside at a party with all of my friends and this kid bummed us some really nice cigarettes and we smoked for like 2 hours just talking about Twin Peaks. So that's what that song's about. That's sweet. Uh, God, David Lynch. He's a he's a perfect man. I think he, he really is. He's like my non filmer film nerd uh answer for who my favorite director is. Because I'm sure if I said PT Anderson, everyone would look at me and be like, You're just a fucking snob, aren't you? <laughs> well, I, I almost think that, that David Lynch is the film nerd answer, to to be real with you. Like I, 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 mean, I failed to see how if you're, if you're like, not a film nerd, how you would have any appreciation for for some of David Lynch's work. And I'm not a film nerd, but I like yeah, indulge you in to, it. You have to go into it like with a willingness to for mind fuckery. You know what I right, mean? Right. Yeah. Like, you, you have to you have to kind of appreciate film as art and not necessarily just as entertainment. 
like not no one all rewatches Mulholland Drive. But... Like no one, <laughs> yeah, but no one rewatches Mulholland Drive without like a little bit of like glutton for punishment in their, yeah. in their psyche. You know, like yeah. you kind of have to embrace the whole like, wow, this is gonna fuck with me emotionally. Yeah, uh, that's like, but I'm in it for I the watch, art. Why I watch well, Fire Walk with me so often because it's just like I need to be emotionally drained today. Yeah, I um, I one of the things that I was I was doing at college before I left was uh, I was getting all my friends into Twin Peaks. So um, I mean, that's, on that's Halloween the night, work. on Halloween night, we uh, we went into the radio station where I work. Um, and we uh, set up a computer and I queued up the first episode and I tried to explain. I was like, guys, this show is going to fuck with your head. <laughs> just just be ready for some weirdness. And lo and behold, they were not ready for the weirdness. <laughs> yeah. they, just, they just had no way to prepare themselves for what was going to happen. It's like it's... no one no one knows has any idea what they're really getting into with Twin Peaks until they hear Sarah Palmer scream for the first time. Right, oh yeah, and that was the moment that all of them were like, hey, Mikey, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That show was on broadcast television. That show was Dude, on network I know. TV. And like 14 million people watched it every single goddamn week. It's How crazy. far we've fallen. It's, it's crazy to think it's crazy to think that the pressure for them to solve Laura Palmer's murder was so intense that they killed the show. Is that and, what it was? Yeah, well, they, they, didn't, they didn't end the show because of it, but they ruined the spirit of the show because Lynch and Frost both intended to keep the mystery just going forever. <laughs> oh, OK. So like when they introduced the I, I mean, can I spoil Twin Peaks in the pod? Can we Ooh. do that? Let's just say, like, right now, like, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, fast yes. forward, and we'll keep Stop it to like, to, like, two minutes, and that way they can fast forward ahead, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yes, but, uh, go ahead. Spoilers for Twin Peaks, when they find out that, the, that Leland killed Laura, like, that whole episode was, like, the end of the show, because at that point, David Lynch left, because he was like, hey, fuck you for killing the show, and... Yeah. Like they all got fucking ruined, and the show was bad from there on out. Like the second it, half of season two is not good. Yeah, and it was <laughs> really funny that he came back to direct the last episode of the second season. And it was amazing. And throughout <laughs> throughout that episode, he's it's an amazing episode, but he's just like shitting on everything that was established when he wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Like turning Wyndham Earl into just like this crazy buffoon who gets his head fucking ripped off with flames shooting out of his neck from Bob is the best ending that I could have ever hoped for. And it, it just, it made me so uncomfortable, like in a, in a way that like my artistic, you know, Jimmy's were being tickled. And I was just like, wow, this is, I've never felt so much from just like a 30 minute serialized show. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that the the finale too, like the the ending seconds of that finale, is one of, if not the yes. most unsettling moment in any television series that I've ever fucking experienced in my life. The last five minutes, I watched them at five a.m. because I binged the whole show, and I was yeah. just fucking freaking out. I did not sleep. I went downstairs. I made a cup of coffee, turned all the lights on, and sat in a blanket in my living room 
fucking losing my mind. I was like 16. It was terrible. I mean, y'all, uh, y'all probably a damn return, fine right? cup of coffee too. It was. Oh, it was. <laughs> y'all have seen the return, right? No. Yes. Okay. So now we, I have not. So that's where. We okay. So cut there it won't off. be any spoilers from the return for you, Brian. Got it. But, All right. Spoilers. Uh, spoilers to Twin Peaks are officially over for timestamping purposes. <laughs> in regards, okay. in regards to the return, uh, best renewal of a show that I've ever seen. E- um. Or one, it, it's definitely up there, and it warms my heart knowing that David Lynch and Mark Frost were around, and David Lynch literally directed every single part of it. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of a better one, and I can't. <laughs> to be fair, there's not very many like show revivals, you know, That's like true. that that go that long. I just think like it's it's an it's a remarkable achievement that's kind of without proper comparison. Like yeah. I'm holding, I'm holding out like my diehard, of course, like absolute decision until the Sopranos movie comes out next year. But oh, yeah, fuck, wait, I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah, oh, there's... I'm a bad Italian, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're doing a uh, Sopranos prequel movie called The Many Saints of Newark, and it's apparently about Christopher's father. <clears throat> oh shit. Oh. Dope. And James Gandolfini's son is playing young Tony Soprano in the movie. You know what would be sweet? Oh, is, if, is if they had the actor who played Christopher play his father. Like That would be really sick because I don't recall them showing Dickie Moltisanti in any of the like flashbacks during the Sopranos. Yeah. Oh, that, that would be, be really dope. sick. If anyone out there wants a podcast recommendation and is a Sopranos fan, listen to Talking Sopranos because it's Michael Imperioli and the guy who played Bobby Bacala. And they just, every single episode, they talk about one episode of The Sopranos and it's the best, like, rewatch podcast I've ever heard. Even better than the Glee one. That sounds sounds like... I just brought the podcast to a screaking halt. No, no, I was just... I I had, like a burp stuck in my throat. <laughs> well, but, but no, but that being said, we're not going to go into Glee. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, dude, my discourse about Glee is reserved to me and Ellie Hart texting each other about it. And I'm very satisfied with it staying that way. That's fine. <laughs> I, but, I personally am not a, a Glee, a, a Glee they. I never got into it. I don't think I can get into it. I think I've fully Good. missed the boat on Glee. Good. And I'm yeah. just going to stay out of it. I'm not going to have an opinion on it any which way. It's just Glee, and it exists. And I'm not a fan, but you know what? Whatever. All right. I, I said we're not going to get it, but now we are, and I'm just going to ask a question because we're, we're here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We, I didn't mean to get off at this exit, but we're here now, and I have to use the bathroom. So that's, that's we're just, we're just going to be here for a minute. And I, Glee was one of those things where i and tell me if i'm wrong here it just seemed like when it was around it was really fucking you you either watched it or you didn't i mean obviously that's the case for everything but like you either watched it and you got together with people to watch it or you just like didn't watch it at all like it just seemed like that like in the office remember they had like the the glee watching party episode of the office and maybe that's the only thing informing the statement but it seems to me like Every, people who loved Glee were just like all the fucking about it, but dude, if you Glee, but there wasn't like a middle ground. 
Glee is the type of show where it's only really fun if you're watching it with someone else. Yeah. Me and my roommate watched all of it before quarantine. And then me and Ellie Hart of Lead DIY and now No Sleep Records started a Zoom rewatch of it. And the whole time we're just like making fun of it because of how campy and awful of a show it actually is when you look at it. Oh yeah. I mean like from what I've seen of it, it's fairly ridiculous, but even then I can't bring myself to sit down and watch something that long, (laughs) even if it's funny. So it's just like, I personally don't think I could ever actually fully enjoy Glee. Well, I have a segue. What about on the topic of things like this kind of made me think like musical, like guilty pleasures. And I'm curious, like, what are some of uh, do you guys have any like guilty pleasures in terms of like music that you Mm. like? Oh, straight up millionaires. Me and my roommate are obsessed with early, like late 2000s crunk core band, The Millionaires. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's just... I, it, it's funny you say that because I was gonna say three hundred three. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> Hell yeah, birds of a feather, gotta love it. Um, Did you know that? Oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna say I don't really have like guilty pleasures. I just like what I like, but I feel bad about liking three hundred three because some of their lyrics are kind of really, really awful. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that so, 303 like started as a joke band for the people in 303's actual band? Like they would they I don't I don't remember what their band was called but like they would uh their actual band would play a show and then they would open up for themselves as their joke band 303. Like they were like a serious hilarious. Yeah, and then that that's got great. way more popular than their actual <laughs> project so they just kind of went with it. <laughs> I'd love to hear their real music and like actually just compare. Yeah, probably like Amnesiac era Radiohead or some shit like that. It also makes me feel a little bit better about liking them because I, <laughs> knowing that it's at least a joke, albeit a fucked up joke, some of those lyrics are a little easier to stomach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I was. It took forty-two minutes and one second for Brian to rec to uh, bring up Radiohead on this podcast episode. Oh, okay. I'm just, just time stamping it right now. It's 7.42 p.m. And it, wherever the time <laughs> is on this podcast episode, took Brian that long to reference Radiohead in this episode in particular. I'm, I'm doing good. Hey, I haven't referenced Oasis yet. Hey, um, <laughs> let, me, let me just say two things. Real fast. And uh, on Brian's reaction, I'm podcast uh in we- <laughs> fuck radio uh, well hard. you know we can get into this i, I- i'm with you on, on uh, we'll get into radiohead but just tell me real quick where do you stand and on greta Van- <laughs> radiohead first of all I mean, I you're wrong. Let me just it's okay. Out of the way, real quick, <laughs> Isis. Like because "Be Here Now" is literally the worst record any band has ever made. So I understand that. <laughs> yeah. But I will never 
But if anyone sits on what's the story, Morning Glory, I will literally quit my job, quit this <laughs> podcast, pack all my shit, and move to fucking Montana so I don't have to listen to any, <laughs> any more slander from <laughs> from the Philistines online about this band. Listen, <laughs> I think that there's maybe two good songs on each Oasis record. Maybe. And they I, suck. I don't don't care to back that opinion up with any kind of evidence. I just wow, they suck. God, wow, they I feel suck. like uh, I feel like sideshow Bob in that one episode of The Simpsons where he keeps stepping on rakes and goes. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. And for forty-four minutes, and I don't know how many seconds before Benny mentioned The Simpsons on the podcast. So, whoever we well, should hey. like keep a pool. <laughs> The I'm, Simpsons I mean, is the perfect distillation of art from the West. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Simpsons uh, is the 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 cumulative like work of all Western art. Anything that's ever come out of like the Renaissance was just fucking building up to Matt Groening's excellent creation. <laughs> <laughs> See, I won't I won't argue with with that because there's no point. But um, Radiohead. <laughs> Radiohead. See now, I will preface this because this might take the rest of the episode. But I love flaming hot Cheeto takes. Okay, I really do. I love passion more than anything. So if you say a lot of times that people like I, a lot of times people don't want to give hot takes because they want to seem like politically correct or not even politically correct, but they just you know they don't they want don't to want offend anybody people. Or, yeah, yeah exactly for, for i sure. i say fuck that go ahead give me your give me your flaming hot shit like i think it's okay it's it's possible to roast someone's project without roasting them as a person i think it's like it's possible to find that line you know and i think music art is subjective so like the fact that we tiptoe around as like a twitter society we like tiptoeing around saying things stuck <laughs> unless it's like trapped you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's easy to say trap sucks, but sometimes other things suck too. Um, and I'm not above it because I'm afraid to say what I think sucks sucks because you know they're probably good people, and and it's my opinion of them sucking is not. It doesn't mean shit. It's just an opinion, you know. Yeah. But some some takes are so indefensibly wrong, and <laughs> I, I just oh, so that's where this is going. <laughs> No, I just, I just really want to know, like, I see, normally I'll just brush by like, oh, you, well, this is awesome. You really hate this, but what is it? Please, please provide your, uh, <laughs> your statements, you know, your statement as to why Radiohead is so fuckable in a bad way. Because, and I'll, I'll, I'll put this very simply. Radiohead is what happens when a bad post-rock band picks up a vocalist in hopes that it will sell more records, oh and then it works. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, you poor soul. Like, I, like I, would just, I would just rather listen to Godspeed, you Black Emperor. <laughs> okay, sorry. And in, actually enjoy myself. <laughs> oh, because, because you fell asleep and had a good dream? Is that what you mean? Actually, because, I had some terrible nightmares. No, it's funny that you mentioned this because I, I discovered both bands around the same time when mm -hmm. I was in high school. And Radiohead was like, 
probably right around the time I, t- I, I discovered Radiohead before Acid, but it was around right. the same time. And we used to make fun of Godspeed You, Black Emperor, so much. Like that that song on F sharp, A sharp, Infinity, where it's like, we live in the belly of the yeah. machine. The machine is bleeding. Like, we used so much. And now I get it more. Like, granted, I was like a junior in high school and like a jock type kid. And like, I was like, you know, like a skater jock, but like, I had real strong opinions on things that were not very nuanced and very, very just like stupid, to be honest. Um, um, so I, I like trying really hard to be artsy. Whether or not they succeed was irrelevant. I just thought it was just like douchey was the mm-hmm. word of the um but now i get it i'll throw on some godspeed you like if i'm straight up trying to study or yeah. something you know i, I thought but what what do you know of radio are we, what are, have have you given them a listen like what have you tried <laughs> to listen to that that has led you to this brian misguided brian yeah, is so, so I, I, I i've actually bad for you i've actually listened to all of okay computer uh of Kid A, most of the King of Limbs, and I don't know, probably a little bit of Pablo Honey when I was in bored, Rainbows, dude. Slash Young, I I, I like, like in Rainbows. I'll okay. say that this is actually good music. Okay, I, in Rainbows is good. That, that's, that's the true. only radio album I don't like. What what I find. The, the rest of it to be it's just I don't know it's something about the lyricism for me because the music is is largely inoffensive it's just fine obviously I think there's bands doing it better and I like those bands more but to be honest I like Radiohead is fine musically my problem is is just the lyricism doesn't strike anything profound for yeah. me because it's so vague in trying criticism. to be profound i think for a lot of people like what happens is it hits an experience that they've had and then the these vague ass lyrics like reflect a specific event in their life but that doesn't happen for me when i listen to radiohead so it just kind of like floats on by and i'm like ah that was not great and then i just don't really enjoy them and then just the way that their fans are online no Oh, right. And and that like they're so annoying. And like I'm I, I'm not like a radiohead elitist in a serious way. It's more like I expect the fact that you're willing to make that stand because of how annoying actual like I'm not saying that I'm not an actual radio hand but head fan, but like how annoying some people can be about them. Like you just don't get it. You know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. it's like you that. get it. You, yeah, it's just not for you. And like back to what I said, music is subjective. Like if you think something sucks, just say it. You know what I mean? Which I'm not saying that you say your radiohead sucks. What I'm hearing is that it's just not for yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I, and, I don't think it sucks. I think that one of the most humbling experiences of my music career that I did not have fun having happen, but it did happen nonetheless. So I have to talk about it. Uh, nice one time flamed my band on Twitter. Uh, and told me that we sucked, and I, I was like, "Cool, thanks, guys." <laughs> that was that was that was the moment when I realized maybe it's like fine, I guess, if people tell you you suck, because sometimes you do suck. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I I was I had I was literally thinking about that end earlier today, like an hour before we did this, because I remember doing an episode with them, and I'm not 
shitting on nice at all but i i just got the vibe that they were like take not taking it super seriously you know like i got the vibe that they were just like really feeling themselves if yeah. that makes sense and like go for it like i honestly respect that and like i tend to be that you know but i i could what i'm saying is like i'm not surprised yeah essentially i'm not saying they're bullies i'm not let's not let's not get into like the let's not get it twisted here i'm not I, saying I, that but yeah, i don't i don't think they're, they're mean i just think they're uh not afraid they, to they know what they like yeah 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 <laughs> that's fine you know but i'm just saying like i i kind of that makes sense that you'd say that because i remember interviewing them and i remember getting the feeling like they would like tell jokes and it was they would tell like they would say things that were like clearly inside jokes and i wouldn't get it and they wouldn't like explain it at all it was like they were yeah. kind of toying, toying with me at times which i don't give a shit and, you know i was i had fun either way and i'm appreciative for coming on but i you know i could see that like being their personality and this is yeah. based on my limited knowledge of of them you know i listen to the music that much and I'm, um think i mean i for one I, like they are are straight up i i used to when i was doing live stream shows at the beginning quarantine i used to cover every time because i had a friend named carrie it's such a good song and my friend carrie uh really likes that song too and i would sing it for them because i wanted them to feel okay and we we talked about it and they really liked it so i kept doing it it was a good little bit i would do it i would say i'm gonna play a very good song by a very good band for a very good friend and i would play that song and i i think that that, that band is super cool so you know as much as it sucked to have them roast my work i did think it was kind of fun yeah. so I just kind of yeah. Let it roll. yeah that's the attitude let it roll off have, and I, I definitely don't feel bad about saying you know radio radiohead sucks because tom york's never gonna come down from billionaire heaven and smite me <laughs> yeah, fucking no it means nothing to him to i'm not real, insulting you know? any fucking body by saying that <laughs> right. right right no absolutely um, So yeah but so uh hmm. I, yeah like i said I, res- I respect it i wish more people would you know i i just feel like twitter is a place that i'm i always go back to twitter and I, I just feel like it's a place where the cool kids are allowed to criticize, but the the lemmings or the people who are not quite there, they haven't quite made it in DIY. They're more like only saying things that are super positive. You know what I mean? You know, like, and you know, Brian, so annoying to damn. me. Brian, you know what's funny is this is the ex- exact tweet that I made from my band account that prompted Nice to tell me my band. Sucked. Really? Yeah, I was like, hey, don't you guys ever feel like there's a DIY hierarchy of cool kids versus un- and immediately the entire You're the hierarchy set on fire. <laughs> yep. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, I remember seeing that and I just remember like, yeah, how do they like, like the only people saying are the ones who are right. like the and, cool and kids. I and I say that with quotes, you know, because it's just like, dude, who gives a fuck? Oh, you got some followers on Twitter, and I sound salty, but I guarantee you, if I if I achieve musical success, I'm dude, I'm going to have the exact same attitude because I always have, you know, like yeah. I just think I think Twitter sucks to begin with, but I just think that it's so clear that people 
once they get a certain degree of like status or clout, it's it's just like people kiss their ass one, and it. I I just feel like like no one wants to go against them and. The mo like their word is gospel. I'm not saying nice specifically. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying like people in general, like if they have a take, if anyone criticizes them at all, like so many followers will just go come to their defense, like regardless, you know, of, of what the content of their statement is. And like you could criticize it, but it's not even worth it because your your clout levels are much lower. You know what I mean? Right. So and and my thing is like a, a lot of us smaller DIY folk like I I have come into DIY pretty late like I first came into the scene at seventeen I was like just starting out making music under the name Wasted Space I didn't really know anybody and like as I found these bands like Nice and Hospital Bracelet and Jail Socks and like all these cool bands that I liked a lot I like you know sort of like began to model my music after them and consider them as people that, you know, I wanted to be like, and then just the, the Twitter community is such shit that yeah. like, it just, it just ruins all that. Like I can't be like my friends and idols. And I, I would argue I can't even truly like know who they are or what they're about because Twitter is just such a fucking pain. And, you know, I talked to, it's funny. I talked to Eric from the hospital bracelet about this after I made the whole tweet and uh, we, we sort of discussed the same thing, how Twitter is just a hell site and I wish everybody would stop using it. And I wish it weren't so easy to promote bands using it. Yeah. We're going to bring back MySpace. Let's bring back MySpace. Like, seriously. No fucking seriously. Where is MySpace? Where is the MySpace? No, because they'll turn into the same shit. Cause people will argue over who's like in mover shakers top eight. Yeah, but Bandcamp is where it's at to me. Like, because I only give a shit about the music. I don't. That's why, like, like DIY Twitter is so fucking obnoxious to me. Because it's about the music, man. It it, but it seriously does it. It turns it into like this, this like cult of personality, personality. contest. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and it's like if you're not like if you're not like promoting the right political ideals, or if you're not like, um you know, saying the right things, essentially, then it, it's like your political stances and your social ideals become part and parcel to your musical identity. And I just don't identify with that at all. I'm not saying I don't identify with like the popular political opinions, because oftentimes I do, but sometimes I don't. But I just don't give a fuck, like what you think about the police, to be honest. Like, I think like, in context of your music, I care about those issues don't get me wrong i do i definitely yeah. care about those issues and i talk about them amongst my friends but i just don't like how those things are becoming so intertwined with an artist's identity like and i, I, Man, I get why it. a lot you, of people why, why do you have to talk shit about the police have you ever heard every little thing she does is magic <laughs> <laughs> have you heard every breath you take those well, he, here's here's my thing about wave tracks. What, what what's <laughs> funny is is in the in the never ending rat race to be the funniest band on DIY Twitter. Uh, one of my first tweets from the band account is the only thing worse than the police is the police. <laughs> <laughs>
And that can be taken both ways too. I like. Well, that. that's the thing is I didn't capitalize either of them. Yeah. So I just left. I just sent the tweet, and whatever people wanted to read is what they read. <laughs> Which I think is yeah. what made the joke perfect. So that's great. It's up to you. But at but least in regards to Twitter and music and all of this kind of stuff, I think we can all agree as a collective social media society that the only band that doesn't deserve to have some kind of shit talked on them is The Strokes. I will die on this hill. <laughs> and I think that we are all good. Yes. And we can, yeah, we can, the wrap, we can wrap up good. the episode now and before this Fuck. gets a little dirty. <laughs> uh, Let's do the it. The Strokes are awesome. But, you know, yeah, I mean, we are an hour in, so we'll we'll wrap up shortly here. Uh, Come down I, I just is their best album. <laughs> hey, sorry, we re- off. Oh, that That's got okay. messy real quick. <laughs> <laughs> but right. I'll, I'll conclude by saying that on this point that, like, I, I don't hate the people on Twitter. I don't like a lot of my friends are on there, but. Music to me is, and maybe this is like one of those okay boomer moments, but music to me is about the music. And I don't care about what your takes are. I care about what, what your music is. And like when it comes to the whole idea of like being a popularity contest and like people aren't going to like your music if they don't like you personally, whatever. I feel like for me personally, and I think it's something to, to strive to, like if you're one of those like little, little bands, quote unquote, make your music so good that it doesn't matter that like nothing else matters. And I, you know, if you don't feel confident about your social status in DIY or in music in general, work on your music and make your music so fucking good that when people hear it, you're undeniable. You know what I mean? Like it, you yeah. may, give yourself a seat at the table because your music's so good. Not because you're kissing the right asses. You know what I mean? Like For that's, sure. that's my plan currently you know and i think i'm not saying that it is that good or whatever but that's my that's my goal is to be so good that like it i I don't have to kiss ass i can just be nice i can do a podcast and and do something positive for the scene build up equity in that way and you know get to the point where i feel like it's okay for me to criticize certain things because no one can tell me that i don't do something for the scene you know i mean i'm not just a hater like i believe in it and i'm like you know, I'm not trying to get all like toot my own horn. You know, a lot of people do a lot of good things for the scene, but I think like it's okay to criticize it, you know, and that's it. But I had a really good time th- with this episode. Um, yeah, this is a yeah great I mean, this was awesome. We, you got to ask me, I think, a total of two questions before we <laughs> got distracted <laughs> by Michael Douglas. That's all right. That's how it right. worked out. Yeah, no, I think a lot of this time, a lot of times, like, you know, we'll, depending on, like, what the conversation dictates, we'll sometimes we'll talk about the music more or or less, but, you know, I just, the goal of the podcast originally was to, like, show people, like, the personalities behind the music type of thing. So I think this was, like, a good example of that. Hell yeah. But, uh. Well, listen, I was, I was honored to be invited here, so I'm just having a great time no matter what. (laughs) <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell Do you want to uh, yeah. let people know where they can find your music and social media handles and stuff? Sure. Like so y'all can check out our band Wasted Space on Spotify, iTunes, all the places. Also TikTok. Make TikToks with our stuff, please. Also, 
You can find us at wastedspacepa.bandcamp.com to buy our stuff, which you should do. And also, you can find us on Twitter at Wasted Space with four underscores and on Instagram at wasted.space.band. Sorry, I forgot that one. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, that's all for us. Uh, Check us out. We're releasing something real soon. Hush, hush. Don't want to talk about it. But you should check it out. Okay, cool. And uh, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. Um, check out our sponsor, Two Foot Parade Records. And if you'd like to become a sponsor for as little as $10, $15 an episode, um, we'll read copy in the beginning of the episode. Hit us up at invitetheneighbors at gmail.com if you're interested in that. And uh, give us a follow on social medias. Share this episode. Send us a message. Let us know what you think. And if you made it this far, thank you. A lot. So that's it. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do for these outros, but I think at this point you guys are done hearing my voice for at least one week. So thanks for listening. Share it. And uh, hopefully you'll be listening next time. All right. Stay safe. See you guys.